Just a kid from the neighborhood We're all kids from the neighborhood Take me back to 96 I fall asleep with the radio on Turn my pillow to the fresh side I fall asleep, oh sleepy eye I don't dream big, just the right size Modesty comes from my side You ever heard of a soft touch? You ever heard of a finger roll? Little sun, little raindrop And you watch this thing grow Follow me like a firefly At midnight and mid-July Mixing blood and sweat and tears of joy That's what I call the rally cry Relentless It is October the 6th, 2019, and welcome to The Cardi Show. I'm Brent Cardi. Glad to have you aboard. And just a random, off-the-top Cardi Show for all of you people who kick something. Tweet me. Follow the blog, the new blog, thecardishow.com. Hope you like what's being put down for you. This will also be posted to thecardishow.com, and I hope you like it. Quick, painless, uh, quick cardio show because honestly, I can't turn this thing off. I just can't do it. Twitter and people's opinions are really just becoming a pain in the ass. You know, I I go on Twitter every day and people think they're experts because they have an Android phone or an iPhone or an iPad or a Google Chrome this or a Google phone that. Let's just start with Toronto sports fans. I've been a Toronto sports fan since I have been a child. I've been a Jays fan, a Raptors fan, a Leafs fan, even an Argos fan when they were playing good. I have never seen, and maybe I'm just naive, folks, but I have never seen the level of entitlement when it comes to this fan base. Perfect example is the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. Everybody has an opinion about this team. Everybody has an opinion about this rebuild, right? 2016, I want to say late, when we heard the news of... Maybe just after we heard the news of Vladimir Guerrero and maybe... I don't think Bouchette was drafted. Maybe he was, but... All you people... not, And I'm not saying everybody, but... You know who you are. You said you wanted the rebuild. You know, the team struggled in September. They were lucky to win the wild card. They were lucky to win the LDS. Rebuild should have started after 16. To that, I say easier said than done. Easier said than done, even though if you're right. Because you come off back-to-back championship league series years the next step in the progression will be the world series it would not be a rebuild so Shapiro and Atkins who are in control of the team whoops and still in control of the team right now for another year at least they could not go to Rogers and say we're going to tear this mother trucker up you can't do that 
Rogers is looking at their payroll and their stock market price and going, well, this team's saving our ass because, well, we kind of fucked up the NHL deal. We're, we're pissing money out the butthole on that. So, yeah, no, you're not going to rebuild this team because we want people to come to the ballpark. We want ratings to continue to be high. Rebuilding, uh -uh, you're not doing it. Okay? So, even if they wanted to, they could. Okay? 2017, this team wasn't great. They played somewhat contending ball until they got to Wrigley Field in, I think it was August or September. Late August, early September. They get there. And then things just went tits up. Right? However, the attendance was great. It was top, one of the top teams in Major League Baseball. Uh, TV ratings were still there. So, you know, okay, you know, maybe we can start the rebuild in 2018. So, 2018 comes along, and we start the rebuild in 2018. But we started in late 2018. We kind of, uh, well, excuse my language, but we fuck around with Josh Donaldson. He gets injured, and, you know... You're not going to trade a guy when he's injured because you're not going to get anything for him. At the end of it, you trade an injured third baseman to Cleveland who kind of got healthy. He didn't do a lot for the Indians. He's had a great year for the Braves, don't get me wrong. And you get an injured starting pitcher back. Apparently it's supposed to be really good, but we don't know. He hasn't fucking pitched. Um, Strowman was good. Could have traded him 18. You, the whole Osuna thing, um, that's why I think this whole high-performance department is a crock of shit. Because if you have really good high-performance department, yes, I understand it was in its infancy and still somewhat is. <coughs> Maybe I just contradicted myself there, but this wouldn't have happened at least. I don't think. So, the Osuna thing really screws the team up and, you know, you blow it up in 18. And you blow it up some more this year, and then nobody comes to the ballpark, and the team's 67 and 95. You know, the guys you wanted to come up in 2016, Guerrero and Bichette and Bichette are up. You're, you're not happy about that, though. You don't want to come to the ballpark. Now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, baseball fans of all ages, what I need you to understand is this. It is not always about a win and loss record that drives your team. I recently cited in one of my articles, I can't name one, or name the specific one, it might have been the review that I just put up on the thecardyshow.com. In 2010, under Cedo Gaston, the team was 87 and 55, or 85 and 77, whatever. You can't be 87 and 55, maybe 87 and 75? No, I think it was 85 and 77. Eight games over 500. Still somewhat in the ballpark for the wild card. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was the year Jose Bautista hit 54 home runs. 1.4 million people came out to the ballpark. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because they were feeling the effects of the 2008 recession. See, how economics works, folks. It's the 1% that take the shit first, and it's kind of like a domino effect. Everybody else feels it after. 2008 just didn't happen that, that calendar year of 12 months, that recession. It still went on. And when you have a choice to put food on your table and gas in your car over going to a baseball game, I, I would assume 
unless you're a psychopath, that you're going to choose food and gas and all those basic necessities. So, I also want to say that it was ticket prices that drove this this year. It wasn't just the win-loss record. $7 fees on each online ticket. And that kind of fucks everybody from not in Toronto sideways. Even those people that buy online, you're going to get fucked anyway with a $7 fee per ticket. Folks, it adds up. Everybody doesn't just buy tickets by themselves. They always buy them in groups. So, everybody with the theory that, oh, you know, the rebuild is this and they better contend in 2020. You need to do me a favor. You need to get your head and get it out of your ass and get back to reality. This team is not going to contend in 2020, even though it could be Atkins and Shapiro's or Shapiro. Uh, their last year, I don't give a shit. They got to see this through. They got to make incremental additions, smart additions. You can't just go out and sign Garrett fucking Cole for 10 years when a strike's coming up in 2022. That is my. That's my thought on that. And the other people that are really driving me fucking ape shit, wrestling fans. Friday night, Fox. National, worldwide, international. SmackDown was on Friday nights, 8 o'clock. I thought it was fantastic, bell to bell. And all these people are like, well, SmackDown sucked. I didn't like it. You're within your rights not to like it, okay? You're within your rights to have an opinion on whatever you want to have a fucking opinion on. But when your opinion is constantly fucking negative, or it's combative, or it's just horse shit, I got no use for you. Like, honestly, I like SmackDown. I thought it was a good episode. I know some people are pissed at what happened with Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. I'll get into that in a minute. But if you didn't like SmackDown, that's fine. That is your opinion, and that is also your problem. And I gotta, you know, to give a piece of advice to people that hold some sort of analyst role, or, you know, they're on Twitter, they have experience in the wrestling industry, or the business, as they call it. Stop making people's opinions your fucking problem. Like, someone's going to say, oh, you know, I liked AEW better than NXT. Good for fuck, who cares? Stop giving them 15 minutes of fame and move on with it. Now, Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston went into the main event of SmackDown on Friday night. Los Angeles as the WWE Champion. Okay? Six-month reign as champion. Gets into Brock. 1F5. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Then Cain Velasquez comes out, okay? From the MMA, UFC, he was great, he beat Brock. Whatever, Fox Fox loves it. Here's what you fans need to do if you're pissed about Kofi Kingston losing the WWE Championship. You need to tweet WWE on Fox, you need to tweet Fox, because they're the people that are going to tell Vincent Kennedy McMahon, goddammit, that Kofi Kingston needs to be their champion. That's what you have to do. Stop saying, oh my god, did you see what the WWE did to Kofi? Stop. It doesn't work. Shut up and do that because Fox is paying the WWE. They think Brock Lesnar is going to be a big star. I think they're wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think they're wrong. I don't know how this Cain Velasquez shit's going to play out. I also don't know why Brock needs the WWE title as well. 
So that's where I sit with that. Um, Leafs fans, they're just as annoying as Blue Jays fans because, uh, you know, Marner's an asshole because he signed for so much money and he didn't take a discount. Whatever. Shut up. Watch the game. If you don't like it, then fucking turn it off and watch rugby or something. Apparently, people like rugby. I don't know what to tell you. That's my rant. I'm sweating right now. Um, this has been the Cardi Show. I'm Brent Cardi. Visit thecardyshow.com. More podcasts should be coming up this week. But sometimes I just want to sit back and just fucking watch football and not have to worry about podcasting. But that's life. See you soon. Bye-bye.